Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. Where are we? We're, we're currently looking at God's people who last time were banging on about wanting to be ruled like all the other people and God's agreed, which means we need to go through each and every single king they have. So, here we are with the first of two books listing them. And, spoiler, pretty much every one of them is a prick. We open with David being very much on death's door. He's cold so his helpers go looking for a virgin for him and bring him a lady called Abishag, or he sends someone called Abishag to source a virgin, which, right, there's a lot of virgin collecting going on. Quick question, how are they finding all these virgins? Is it to be understood that it's always people young enough to just assume their virginity? Like in Monster Squad, where Ashley Banks' version saves the day with no clarification required, or are they just asking everyone if they are virgins? Follow-up question, if the latter, right, if they're just asking everyone if they're virgins, are they choosing a time when the person is alone, or with parents, or with friends? I'm guessing that if you are with parents, you'll find a lot more people saying, Yep, yep, defo, defo a virgin, uh, me and Colin, just, just friends. And please, parents, please don't make him sleep in the spare room. I promise nothing ever happens. I'm 100% virgin right here, mum. Or, if they're surrounded by their friends, I assume there'd be a lot more no's. Me? Virgin? I mean, can you become a virgin by fucking enough people? Am I right, fellas? It's easy to see the results being a bit off, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, and if you're in a position of authority walking up to people on their own and asking if they're virgins, I mean, the optics aren't great, are they? So there's a chance that all these Bible stories involving virgins are populated exclusively by people saying, well, I didn't think Colin counted. Not really. Regardless, a virgin is indeed sought, who may or may not be this copper shag or whatever their name is, and oh, and Bible goes a little out of its way to mention, he didn't fuck her by the way, wasn't asking. No, 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 I know, but, but in case you're curious, dying Dave didn't do the damsel. Okay, well now, now I'm suspicious. Whilst all this defo no sex is happening, Adonijah, one of David's sons, has decided that he will be king. He just couldn't wait to be king, and now he shall claim it. He then kind of somehow manages to actually become king without David knowing, or David being dead, so is David still definitely alive, and Adonijah decides to be king and becomes king without anyone knowing, but everyone knows, but David doesn't know even though he's not dead, which is kind of impressive. So Bathsheba, right, she tells David that this is all going on, that Solomon, her son, I think, should be king, but Adonijah is king, and what the the f- 
fuck what's happening. When David dies, she and Solly will definitely be killed, and didn't David promise the crown would go to Solomon anyway? So why is he all of a sudden being a little bitch and letting Adonijah be king? Everyone is kicking off about this Adonijah thing. Fucking everyone. Nathan, uh, Magic Nathan, has a word with David, asking if he knew anything about it. Dave, livid, and has a word with Beth again to tell her, look, all is going to be cool and sorted out. The plan is the plan. The plan has not changed. I knew nothing about Adonijah becoming king. You're the lady for me, and Solomon is the king for me. Solomon will be king. No one's going to get killed today. So David gets on a donkey and fucks off into town to let everyone know what actually is going to happen. It will be Solomon who's being king and not Adonijah and all that. Trumpets are blown, naturally, and Adonijah absolutely shits it. Adonijah begs Solomon not to kill him and is promptly told, if you're a prick, you die. If you're cool, we're cool. Now that's all sorted out and smoothed over, David dies. As he dies, he has a word with Solomon telling him to follow God and be a man. What he exactly means by be a man seems to be, don't be a dick, but don't be a bitch. Follow all the rules and you'll be golden, apart from the don't kill thing. Fuck that noise. Especially Joab, right? He's a fucking idiot. And he's a murderer. Know what we do with murderers. We kill him. We murder murderers. Whatever you do, Solomon, Joab must not die in peace. Torment, pain, anguish. That's his fucking future. So it's a mixed bag. David jumping between harping on about Solomon being a man of wisdom and then getting dead bloodthirsty. Then David dies. Dead, 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 Dave dies. He dies a death, David is dead. So Solomon starts being king. Hooray? For a bit? Kind of? Yeah, Adonijah has a word with Solomon's mum, asking for that shag woman to be his wife, I think. Uh, Solomon's mum passes the request on to the king, uh, Sully, who immediately jumps all the way to ten and promises to murder Adonijah, who, right, I get it, he's a prick. But I'm starting to feel a bit bad for him, so please, please don't point out that I missed bits of Bible that clearly point out what an unmitigating cunt Adonijah was. Then, right, Joab holds God's horn in a tent with the ark in it and refuses to leave to die and wants to die with God next to the box in the tent or something. So he's murdered in a tent. Then Shimei has some slaves run away or something, which means they die. Look, right, loads is going on right now. I can't pronounce most of the names because I'm an idiot and I can't fully keep up. Solomon makes friends with the Egyptian pharaoh and, in much the same way as any of us would celebrate a friendship, marries his daughter. Solomon is also busy knocking up that temple that God told Dave about. Remember that? Well, Solly is doing it. Takes ages, though. Would probably be constructed a little bit faster if he got a fuckload of slaves to do it. I wonder if he will. Anyway, Solomon is chatting with God, just thanking him and being all, you know, the kind of nice that God likes. God says, no worries, buddy. Tell you what. You can have absolutely anything you want. I will give you a proper gift. Just name it. Cheers, God. Tell you what, though. Of all the things you could give me, which is absolutely anything, right? I would like wisdom. Which is a baller move, right? Because God says, yeah, man, thanks for asking for this, rather than money or power or honor. In fact, you're going to be one wise motherfucker, and because you didn't ask for it, I'm going to give you all that great stuff as a freebie. All seems good until, uh-oh, it was all a dream. So Solomon does some more sacrifices and meets a couple of prostitutes. They have an issue for him to resolve. 
both have a kid. Each kid is about the same age. One morning, the two women wake up, one kid dead, one alive. Both argue over who the alive one belongs to, as they are identical, I guess. Solomon says, fuck it, cut the little bitch in half and you can each have half. One of the women says, no, 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 give all the child to the other woman. I'd prefer not to have Jason than the kid die. Solomon goes, aha, that sounds like a real mother. You know, like that bit in Seinfeld with the bike. So he is wise, after all. The dream was one of those dreams that actually makes sense and really happened. Like the dream my friend had, where I was a prick to her and she legit was angry at me in real life for a couple of hours because of her dream and how not me acted to her in her own head that had nothing to do with me at all, but she was still angry. It was like that for Wise Pants Solomon. Okay, we have Solomon all wise and being all sacrificing to God and stuff. Now we get a list of all the people who work for him, with the roles of what they did and all that stuff. Like, such and such in charge of pff, accounting and whatever. It's a long list and frankly, could not be fucked to remember all their names and take it from me, there's loads. And, oh, oh what's this? Ah, oh, one of the people is in charge of forced labour. So, as suggested, Solomon does get well into slavery. Oh good, and this makes God angry? Nope, nope, he doesn't seem to give the slightest fuck. Solomon is ruling over a shitload of people. It's, cur it's currently a huge prosperous kingdom with no chance of anything ever going wrong at any point. Both Judah and Israel are tootling along just fine with no end in sight. Slave-loving Solomon is presiding over quite the marvellous kingdom. He's a bit famous for all his wisdom. People come from all over the world just to listen to him talk. He sings songs as well, apparently, which is painted as a terribly important and impressive thing. To me, it's starting to sound like every cunt at a party who picks up a fucking acoustic guitar. The worst of all the people. If that is you, I fucking hate you. You are the worst. Everyone hates you. Put the guitar down. You're ruining every party for everyone. We all hate you. Fuck off. Anyway, things are looking good, it's going so well in fact that it seems painfully signposted that things are just about to go atrociously downhill. A king of attire, or something, hears about Solomon, I must have misheard that, but let's go with it. A king of attire hears about Solomon, sends an envoy over to see him, Solomon tells him that he intends to build a temple to God, I, th I thought we already started, well, maybe it's two stories slammed together, or... Maybe Solomon was like the kids who say they haven't revised for their test when they have revised to make it look like they're just naturally smart and get off the fucking guitar, you revising lying prick. Yeah, that makes sense. I suspect that he is going all, yeah, I'm thinking of starting a temple to my god sometime soon when he's a few years into fucking construction. Tyre King says he'll send over a few of his guys to help Solomon build the ultimate god temple. Solomon gets 30,000 slaves or something. Not sure if this human traffic is a gift from Tyre King, or if he sourced the slaves himself. Either way, it's a cunt's game, isn't it? The temple now starts being built again. 480 years from the exile from off of Egypt, the temple starts being built. And Bible tells us exactly how big it is. And it is huge. I, I imagine, no real idea how big a cube it is. It bangs on and on about exactly how big every single element of the temple is, and the temple gets done. Which is remarkably easy when you have a fuckload of slaves being made to do everything. So it takes seven years to make this temple, and Solomon also knocks up a palace for himself, which takes 13 years. And we hear about exactly what this bastard looks like. 
This is like the king's version of genealogy, isn't it? Instead of tedious long sections of lists of people being born to people and on and on, we get exact measurements and dull numbers and materials over and over. It even goes into details about who he gets to do his bronze work. We don't really need to know what kind of deal his plumber offered him, unless Bible was also a list of contractors. So they made a temple to these specs, and lo, was thoroughly affordable. If you need masonry work done, why not call Colin on 555-8989. Once the temple is all done, Solomon gets the Ark of the Covenant, brings that into it, the Ark containing those stone tablets with the Ten Commandments on what Moses got done. Solomon is dead chuffed with himself that everything got done, and at a very competitive rate, God gets in touch and says, Solly, what up? I heard you've been praying, and basically, it's all good. I'm your friend. But if your descendants turn against me to other gods, I will drop Israel like a fucking stone and reject you. Israel will be a laughingstock, the temple will be in ruins, everyone will hate you. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Solomon paid the tire king with some shit cities, he builds some ships and does some genocide, eradicating everyone he can, enslaving those he can't. He is a maniac. Impressive to the Queen of Sheba, though. She turns up with a caravan. Uh, she talks to Solomon about everything that's on her mind so he can explain it all to her and make her properly understand what's on her mind. She gives him spices and gold and stones, like precious ones, and Solomon goes thanks and adds them to his obscene hoard of wealth and riches that he's acquired from everywhere in the world. Stealing, looting, gifts, taxes, the works. He is stupid rich. If anything, it's all looking a bit gaudy. Oh, and he has quite a few baboons and apes, for some reason. But you know what else Solomon loved? The ladies. Like foreign ones and everything. The ones from nations that God hates. But Solomon, as much as he loved God, was not a racist player. He had about 700 wives and 300 concubines. Each and every one led him astray because foreign and women. Of course, all of this made God utterly furious. You see, each of these foreign ladies came with their own spiritual baggage, their own gods and their own desires to have some kind of monument or statue or temple built for that specific god, and Solomon, being a rich ladies man, duly did it. God was angry with that Solomon was building worship place for gods other than God God because God God is a jealous God and gets fucked off with all the other gods. God told Solomon, look, if you want to follow these other gods, then fine. I don't even care, right? You, you do you. If you want to be a little stupid bitch who believes in fairy tales, then you do that. You be that little bitch fairy loving prickhead. I mean, I, I will tear your kingdom down, but if you don't need me, then I guess you don't need the kingdom I sorted out for you. I'll make it all subordinate to everyone and I'll fuck with your son ruining everything for him so so he rules over a shit show but I'm not even slightly jealous you bastard keeps banging on about tearing it in two and tell you what it's gonna be split Judah and Israel will split off from one another into two separate kingdoms God also gives Solomon an enemy for the first time in forever I think I think it's a guy who is called Haydad. That's an objectively fun name, which instantly makes me think I've got it wrong. But anyway, Haydad becomes friends with the Egyptian pharaoh, marries one of his daughters, which guess makes Solomon and Haydad kind of related now. 
Hey Dad, after living it up in Egypt for a bit, decides to go back home, and God then makes him an enemy of Solomon. Basically, Solomon's kingdom is slowly getting fucked. People are turning against the king and making various little pockets of the kingdom break off from the whole. Then a cloak gets torn up into 12 pieces, and guess what? Metaphor in it. 12 tribes of Israel are the things being split, Solomon gets one or two, and the other 10 or 11 just bugger off away from him. I, I think. God doesn't stop Solomon being a ruler though, but just keeps shitting on the thing he rules. It's a bit of a harsh way to teach a lesson. And with all this horror sorted, Solomon dies. In turmoil, as God told him he would, he had it all and ended up an utter tip. Reboam, Solomon's son, takes over from dead Solomon and immediately starts ignoring all advice he has given from the elders, mainly because he doesn't want to get rid of slaves and the elders suggest he gets rid of slaves. Or maybe it's eggs. Um, slaves are eggs. He doesn't want to get rid of something. So instead of helping the slaves and setting them free or being kind to eggs, he decides that he really ought to be meaner to them. Instead of beating them with whips, he wants to start beating them with scorpions, Ash. So, yeah, this guy's a Dick. Reboam keeps Judah, uh, but loses all the rest. In fact, all of Israel turns against the house of David. We have slave of violent dickhead Reboam ruling Judah, and the kings of Israel are being equally shitty over there. Everyone is a shithead, every single one. And strap in, because most of the rest of this book is a list of various kings, in order, of Israel and Judah, saying this one served for this long, and yep, another brick. They are, each and every one of them, every time, absolute tools. But, amongst this tedious list of a book, we get a few odd stories, like like this. A guy says someone's son will be called Josiah, Joshua, or Josiah, or whatever, to the house of David and do badass sacrifices to fuck with everyone. This is told to Jeroboam, who, and yeah, not, not sure who that is, but trying keep up with this shotgun approach to Bible info. Uh, Jeroboam stretches out his hand and it withers away. Scary, particularly as it takes a man of God to fix the hand. God then tells the prophet who fixes the hands not to eat anything in this shitty place and he does really well until a second prophet turns up and pretends that he has spoken to God and God said it's fine to eat. So the first prophet who was told not to eat, eats because it looks like God has changed his mind but he hasn't and the first one is punished by God for eating. Look, it's a lot and I'm confused, it's very late at night over here. And besides, God once spoke exclusively to an ass, so it seems ludicrous for God to ever think, why did they think I did a change of mind? That doesn't make sense. God, your whole MO is to not make sense. You've made a fucking religion out of it. No, sorry, you ate and I told you not to, so I'll get a lion to eat you. A fucking lion, is it now? More stuff about Jeroboam being a dick. Right, his son gets ill, so he sends his wife to a prophet to get the scoop. The prophet knows exactly what's going down and passes on a message from God saying, I treated you good, but you haven't been anything like David. You're an evil bastard knocking about with other shitty gods, and I am frankly furious. So I'm going to fuck your family like setting fire to poo. Like what, God? Don't interrupt. Your people will die. Your son will die. Your whole entire family will be cut off from Israel. You, mate, are done. The wife goes home and the boy dies. Jeroboam then dies and is replaced by his son, not the dead one. He had a spare just in case of this exact situation. And yep, you guessed it. God keeps getting angry. Everyone keeps turning away from him. So people attack Jerusalem and God doesn't care. The temple gets torn down. God doesn't care. The gold gets stolen. God doesn't care. It is all going very much downhill, just like we uh, predicted. 
Okay, new king. No, it doesn't matter what his name is. He's a dick. God is grumpy. More war. More people taking the land and gold of the people of God. War, war. Death, death. God not caring. No one cares about God. Each of these multiple stories ends saying, Look, all the full stuff about the specific king is written in the annals because they can't be bothered to go into any detail. So check it out. This is very much a presses of a presses, with no one actually bothering to write down what anyone actually ever did. The entire of history is pretty much just a series of people going, they were a dick. What more do you need to know? They did things, and most of those things were shitty. They're dead now and were succeeded by a bigger dick being more shitty. That is all of human history. <sighs> more kings, more rebellion, more evil, worse death, worse war, worse bullshit. Ahab, though, he was pretty much the worst. And he married Jezebel and served Baal, which is a big no-no. I'm sure there was a long story about Jezebel somewhere. Certainly not in her introduction, though. Basically, she's here and things are bleak. Oh, a bit of difference. Aisha, the prophet, turns up. We get a fair bit about him, which is nice. I bet lions turn up at some point. He's told to bail from these places and just keep safe in a series of deserts and caves. So birds feed and brooks get drunk and this awesome prophet lives in the wilderness till God sorts him out with a widow to chill with. Aisha gets to the widow's crib. She makes bread and he magics loads more bread. Her son dies and she's sad. So so Aisha thinks, I'm kind of magic and I know God who's wow magic, has a word with God and gets him to fix the dead son. Which happens and it all seems surprisingly low key, considering the kid is brought back to life. Meanwhile, Jezebel, here we go, was being has been killing off God's prophets one by one. I think she killed over 200 or something. Fucking loads of the bastards just doing. Anyway, God tells Aisha to go back to Ahab and just fuck with him. Aisha does this really ace the kind of challenging Ahab to a god off. Basically, they will set up sacrifices to each of the gods and race the gods to setting fire to the wood to burn the sacrifices. Baal obviously loses because despite the dancing, he was a little bitch. Aisha starts being a poor winner saying, maybe you should shout louder. Your god is a well good god, obviously, so maybe he's deep in thought or sleeping. Ah, <laughs> loser. Godfight, right, is so hardcore it even sets fire to water. Then the fickle people who previously were chanting about how great Baal is instantly start murdering the servants of Baal. Bit much, perhaps? Ahab, tail between legs, runs off and tells Jezebel how Aisha showed him and Baal up. Jezebel says, so help me God, I will fuck you all the way up. Aisha shits it and bails, makes his way to Horab, which is God's mountain or something, uh, runs about the place looking for God who is wallowing like a bastard, finds him and God tells him in no uncertain terms to get his ass to the Damascus desert and find a shitload of prophets because God has checked his watch and it's prophet o'clock. Also, I think this may be setting up all the major prophet bits later on in the old Bible. It's like a post-credit scene in a Marvel movie, I imagine. Or it's like a better reference that makes me look edgy. Whilst Prophet goes Prophet fishing in Prophet Desert, there's also some battle going on that's harshing Ahab's mellow. His gold is silver, his wives, his kids, all gotta get got. Ben Haydad will take the damn lot. There's about 100,000 dead and lions turn up to eat people and fuck this noise, let's bail to a vineyard. Not just any vineyard, but one that Ahab wants. It belongs to Namath, who says, Nope, you can't have my vineyard. Ahab instantly gets pissy and sulky, and Jezebel asks what's up. Ahab tells her that there's this vineyard, and he wants it almost exclusively because he can't have it, and starts blubbering like a big baby. Jezebel, true to form, calls him a little bitch, and says she'll get the vineyard, and she does. Want to know how she gets it? 
She gets in the mouth, falsely accused, and stoned to death. She does not fuck about that, Jezebel. Ahab gets excited when she tells him, and he skips over with joy in his heart to his new vineyard, only to see Aisha waiting to keep telling that God thinks he's a prick, and dogs are going to lick up his blood, dogs are going to devour Jezebel too. It's all getting ugly for Ahab. At the end of the book, we hear from Micariah, who only ever seems to give bad news. He says all of Israel's people will be fucked without a shepherd. Oh, shit, now out of nowhere there's a deceiving prophet knocking about and everyone gets slapped in the face and Micaiah goes to prison or something. Few more kings and that's it, right? We've got ourselves roughly halfway through all the kings and aren't they balance? I don't really know what to say other than that. Sorry. You know, it's not me saying all these people are pricks, right? You know, I'm, I'm just relaying the story. I, I'm not doing these things. But yeah, after King David, balance all the way down. Thank you for listening to A Better Bible. Now we need you to spread the word. Rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow the Twitter in the episode description and let us know how we changed your life, why you love us, how you need us. Share this with the world. Evangelize like a bastard.